0: going to read the whole 16th Psalm to you. It's verses 1 through 11. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips." Will not abandon me to Sheol, or let your holy one see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your present there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I'm reading the Psalms, praying the Psalms, rather, as well as reading them. Specifically, the heart of this came for my teenager, and then having a preteen short, just not too far behind her. But then it really, it's enveloped into just praying the Psalms over my kids. And honestly, it's been doing more for my heart than, than probably even what I'm praying for. And specifically, I'll, I'll whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has, um, is really landing on me at that point, I'll, I'll insert my children's names. And it's been just a, a beautiful thing to do. Um, but in the 16th Psalm, we're going to talk through this piece of thriving so we're still talking about thriving in the thorns restoring hope and faith for women this is a 40-day devotional that I'm so great grateful and so humbled that God has allowed me um, through his grace through his mercy to be able to write and it is about just restoring our hope in God and our foundation in who he is and running after him pursuing him and through that even with unchanged circumstances we thrive. So this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about thriving in the struggle of never feeling enough. Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon. This was a long scripture reading, longer than usual, because you just can't break it up. I mean, in what I'm talking about, you can't break it up because there's so many feeder pieces of this scripture to talk about being enough, thriving um, in spite of never feeling to be enough and where our enough is rooted and where it comes from, which is really in the Lord. So this thriving, thriving in the thorns, restoring hope and faith for women. I'm so, I'm so grateful. I, I truly, it, I'm humbled, humbled, humbled that um, it is really a God thing. It is God has worked so many things out in and through my story. And um, is still present and still will be working so many things out. And this thriving piece, in spite of my circumstances, in spite of my seasons, in spite of never feeling enough and, and just needing the validation and, and um, the mission of my life and having that with full clarity. And it's just been something, you know, now being in my forties that it's, it's literally, um, it's, it's like the scales. Have just been falling from my eyes as I, as as he not I as he continues to reveal to me and it and that's really where the heart of this was birthed from because, goodness when you get such good news you want to go to the rooftop and 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 you want to love people well and share that you know to to share Jesus it's not just um, go make your life great. In, in your, you know, and live this happy life. Hey, here's here's the way you can thrive and live in joy and peace in spite of your life, in spite of your circumstances, because otherwise you'll really have kind of this base level of anxiety where, you know, it's kind of like, well, so good. I don't know if it's going to stay good or how, what's around the corner. And every single phone call, it's just like, I don't know, you know, did something happen? Um, you just kind of live at this heightened sense and it's stressful. And I don't know if you struggle with being overwhelmed, but that is, that is me all day. Like Brittany slash overwhelmed, Brittany slash anxious. And it's nothing that you really have to be taught. It's, it's kind of life circumstantial. And then I think it's just my, not only my life circumstances, but I think it's also just who I am to my, to my core and trying to undo and to unload and restructure who I thought I was, but in the limelight of God, but in the limelight of what he says, because we can adopt a lot of truths. I adopt a lot of truths for things that I'm saying, well, I don't really like to swim. I don't really know how to cook. I don't really know how to drink water. And you say all these things about yourself. And it's like, is that really true? Or did you just start telling yourself that? And then if you did start telling yourself that, where did you get that from? I'm sure if you follow that that belief, you would find the thinking. And if you find the thinking, then you can start to figure out what experience or what person fed that to you. And I mean, it's just hard for me to believe that many people are really that creative. I mean, I think a lot of stuff is just what happens to us and being a product of that. So I think a lot of things for me being enough, it really just started in in just God given birth order of being the middle child and and sandwiched in being sandwiched behind in, in between who I'm sandwiched as well as being behind my older sister who is such a protector. Like she is to her core. Like a powerhouse protector like to this day she is just um, amazing at it all that she guards and who that she guards and she just has so much brokenness for her and, and and always has wanted to be a helper for so many people especially to her to her younger sisters so much to her fault that I really didn't have to talk it was kind of amazing really cuz i was i didn't really have a say for the most part it was kind of like well whatever dawn says you know whatever dawn thinks and and then, even when I did start to find a little bit of a voice, she would challenge me in a great way, though. Uh, but beyond that, I didn't really know who I was. And then what I did know or what I thought I knew, I feel like it was really trying to go opposite what was being told. So almost like a rebellion, like, well, this is what you told me and I'm going to assert myself, but doing it in a destructive way. So I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to do the opposite so that I can have a voice of my own. And it's not something that my sister told me to, to do, or my mom told me to do, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, even when I'm thinking about friendships, it's just, I was kind of always at third wheel. I mean, I love my friends dearly, but like when I'm thinking of from, you know, birth till now, I was always kind of that that other person. And I don't know if you've ever been in a friendship like that, but it's like, you're kind of like, well, why didn't you call me first? Well, why didn't you really want to just be with me? maybe I'm not enough. And nobody has said this, like, I kid you not. But it's what you are perceived. Again, this is where your thoughts can really lie to you and tell you some messed up stuff that's really not true. And, but my perception was, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not fun enough. I don't say enough things. And Brittany, why are you so analytical? Brittany, why do you overthink? Brittany, Brittany. And then I start hating the person of who I am, who God created me to be. I mean, how can you thrive how can you become who God has called you, who he made me for, who he made me to be if I'm rejecting and calling out and it's it, it, holding back even, right? So when I think of this 16th Psalm, the, the second verse ends, I have no good apart from you, y'all like so everything that i really should be attached to everything needs to filter through god because everything i do so if i do all of this over here this whole laundry list which looks amazing on paper if it was done apart from god and then and then to know that even if i get it wrong i love in this 16th psalm how god is still Never going to abandon me like he's still never going to change it's not going to be like his feelings and his love and his acceptance isn't hinging on me you know the the eighth verse says, "I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I shall not be shaken he gives us counsel he instructs us he loves us he he knows the path of my life as the verse ends in the um as the psalm ends in the in eleventh verse and the, there's fullness of joy, it says. Fullness of joy. So it's almost like everything that I'm looking for in, in trying to be who I thought I was supposed to be to make this friend want to call me first or want to make this guy think that I'm the person that he really wants to be with when I'm thinking of my relationships and never feeling enough. Or this guy went, well, he obviously doesn't like me anymore because... Of something about me. It's me. Again, it's this, this piece of being enough and the struggle with that because, and then rejection. And then even with up to meeting my husband and, and all of that struggle with still not feeling enough, never enough. We'll see it's because of me. And this is why, because I'm not enough. And this is why this is happening because I'm not enough. And this is why. And then even with, so whether it's friendships, whether it's, it's relationships I've had, um, And then just the failures of my career and feeling like, well, I could have did this if I was smart enough, if I did this, if I, if I did it harder, if I went harder and if I would have had this resource, y'all like it's literally never stops. Like I kid you not, this is, and I'm sure if your life is anything, I'm sure in your story, there is something, if this is a piece of you, I'm sure you can identify where you Place all these pieces together like a puzzle, and instead of seeing something beautiful, you see something horrid. You see how it's not good enough. It's not beautiful enough. It's not put together enough. It's the the lines don't line, or this isn't like Susie or Rebecca or Keisha or Laura. Like why can't I be like her? And then when that leads up to marriage and the struggles I had in marriage and the struggles that I had, even with with kids. And when I think of my second, um, that's our Caleb and he was diagnosed with autism at really early at the age of two. And then we had a third and diagnosed with autism and to an even, to an even, um, worse level, a lower functioning level. And, and above that we are doing brain scans and, you know, MRIs and EEGs and it's showing all this abnormality and, this is here and hey, you know, all of the 21 questions and not in punitive, but just trying to understand like what happened in my pregnancy from the neurologist, just trying to understand where this could have happened and why this could have happened from that standpoint, because that's what you're a good doctor is a, is a, you know, a good historian, you got to get, you got to assess everything. So they weren't saying, hey, you sucked as a, as a pregnant woman, but that's how I perceived it. So then even with that, it's like, okay, and this is the second time that I now have another kid with autism. Oh, it's got to be me. It's, it's something I did. I surely, you know, should not have eaten this. I Maybe I had sushi and I don't remember, or maybe I didn't get enough sleep. I was working nights. And literally this is how destructive my thinking was. So, bump thriving. Thriving? Listen. I gotta go look up the definition to even understand what that means. I'm not thriving. I'm barely existing. And this is meanwhile being in church, serving, you know, reading my Bible somewhat, you know, still knowing God loving God, but fruitless because of my mind. And if I would find the, if I would have, you know, almost like a string, if you start at one part and just like literally bring your finger down and follow the line, follow that belief, I would find where that belief came from in my thinking. If I follow, if I go to that thought, that thinking, then I'm sure I can keep following that line and I can go to where I got that from, who I got that from, what experience I got that in. And this has kind of been this piece of me, of my story, of trying to place all these pieces together and where it went wrong was, even if my story went, went, went in all these different directions, still, the part was, I didn't believe, I, I didn't believe because I didn't know that I was an image bearer. Genesis 1 says that we are image bearers and God made them male or female. Like as an image bearer and he loves me, so even and, and and over and above that I'm not going to get it right. So on this side of sin because when that was stated that was pre sin, but I'm not like nothing I'm going to ever do is going to ever be enough in anyone's eyes. And to God, I can never even on my best day, best Bible reading, best wife, mom, made every meal, ran a, ran a marathon, um, was an Uber, Grubhub, driver. I mean, I did all of the things. I'm still, still not worthy to spend eternity with God. And y'all, like, I think that, that piece, again, that's just the scales falling, as I, as I mentioned before, that God has just revealed. And that has really been the game changer for me. Which is why I can say in full transparency, this is just in such transparency because I hold a lot of things in sometimes, well, all the time, <laughs> all the time. But um, when God, when I believe that God was telling me to say this, I don't know who this, who can identify with this, but um, man, you are not. So then, as writing this book, you're not gonna thrive if you don't even know that you're enough, and you're not gonna know that you're enough based on the subjective levels of who says you're enough on what day on what season like what are you what is the who standardizes that test of being enough? No one should including yourself because I just explained to you the the destructiveness of my thinking. Um still being a sound body. I mean I have multiple degrees. I mean I'm not you know just some crazy person on the street but even with that I'm telling myself deceit and lies that I have picked up. Over the course of my life. And they have led me astray from God. And, and the second verse says, I have no good apart from you. And verse five says, the Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. Everything that I need is with God. And Jesus talks about this. So the story I greatly identify with, I've, I've talked about it here on the, on the podcast before, is John 4, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, man. I can't wait to meet her. Like, I feel like, you know, some people might want to be with, you know, Deborah or Mary. Like, I want to go talk to her. And I feel like I relate to her so very much. And do you realize that in the story, um, it's in John 4, if you turn to it, but you remember at the end of her story, the, I mean, all of it is captivating. It's like the longest record of a conversation that God had um, with with anyone, let alone, goodness, a woman, right? But, I love it at the end where the whole reason that she went to the well was to get this water the whole reason she's carrying this at midday where it's hot. Ain't nobody there. because She don't want to be seen. And the whole reason she's in this whole inconvenience of going to this well at this time at the hottest part of the day was to get water. And isn't it interesting that she left without the water? She left without the bucket and the water in the bucket. I can just imagine her getting home to this guy, her boo, and him being like, where you been? Like, where's the water? you, you didn't, you didn't, where's the bucket? (laughs) Forget the water. Like, where's the bucket? And then she's just spreading her testimony and, and telling everybody about this man who met her at the, at the, at the well. And, and just the fact that she couldn't, she was in such awe that he, he knew her, he saw her and loved her. Like, If anybody should not have felt like enough, it was her, which was why she went to the well at that time, because she didn't feel like she was enough. She did feel like she was, she was rejected. She was the outcast, yet she left there full, which is why she left her bucket. So the reason that we can thrive is not because I'm going to falsely promise this great Jesus who's just going to wipe away every, every trouble up ahead and just going to free you from everything. Or, I mean, there, there's no promise except for what is to come. Our hope, we are not hopeless because our hope is not here. Our hope is in what is eternal, what is coming. And if, if you're like me, this is gonna have to be a revelation of the Holy Spirit to just truly, um, I think of, um, I think it was Elisha. Elisha in 2 Kings, he prayed for God to remove the veil from his servant because there was this battle coming up against uh, against him. And the servant was scared. And Elisha was like super cool, like just super chill and peaceful. And the servant was like anxious, worried, knew he was going to die. And Elisha prayed and asked for God to unveil his eyes. And he saw the hills, the rolling hills. So Thousands on thousands on thousands of angelic army that was not seen to the human eye. So friend, I want to encourage you and leave that there with God is holding so much back that you cannot see. Likewise, there is so much that you also can't see that God is allowing, but for a purpose that you have nothing to do with. And I know that sounds mean, but let me let me re- let me rephrase it like this: Your life is to be on mission. God made you for a purpose. You're not an accident. You're made for a reason with a purpose. This marriage, even as destructive and as horrible as it may be, there's a purpose. These kids who are driving you crazy, or the struggle in this kid, or the struggle in this you know, if they're, for any of my special needs families, that I mean, amongst just the guilt in the in the in the. The feeling like I was the culprit. Amongst that, the fact that you're like isolated and feeling like the, and then the fears, your mom heart of like, what is my child's life going to be like? And and the struggle that comes, the struggle that comes for any mother, let alone a a parent with a child with special needs. And I just want to offer you this drink. That's from Jesus. That you don't need to figure it out. God has already mapped out. He already has this path of life with that struggle in mind. With this battle in mind, with that hurdle, with this, it seems like this immovable situation, this unchanged person. God can use, and not can't, he will use and knit all this together. As Paul says in Romans 8. It will all work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. So our role is not to question God, you know, but it's to line up and trust that, you know, God, even if, again, in the diff- most difficult seasons, what I tend to do because I complain, it's just a struggle of mine. And God has told me to shut up, please stop. I cannot work through your complaints. Well, I can, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. Um, that's why this has been so beautiful with reading these psalms, praying these psalms for my kids. And it's really done more from my heart because um, so many of the psalmists, um, including King David man, y'all, they had str- they were struggling. Like they weren't just like living this hashtag great Instagram life. They, they had struggles, too. And it's so relatable. And in the difficulty, I love being able to read these psalms. And and it's like they all boil down to my hope is in Lord is in the Lord. So whether he changes the situation, he moves, he moves this person out of your life. He, you know, um, brings this, changes this, brings this to pass, heals this, um, fixes this, whether that happens or not, there's not going to ever be the sense of enough or, or, or peace. If that's what it's hinging on, it has to only hinge on, I will thrive because of who God says I am and that I'm connected to him. It's God being at my right hand it's God who I'm connected to why I'm not going to be shaken, not because I don't know there's not going to be a COVID part two down the line that might wipe me out or that there might be this big financial crisis or this war. I mean, goodness, if you just sit and watch the news for any level of time, you will be on a high blood pressure medicine. I kid you not. So instead of looking at the troubles of your life in the way that the world does, we can look at our troubles and say, oh, okay, I don't get it, but God, I know, and I'm going to pray that my mission will still work through this because you've placed me here on mission for a purpose. And I know that you're going to use this. And, and so this is where the relationship comes with God versus the religion versus the, I I went to church. Great. What did you pull from there? What are you going to actually flesh into your life? What, what did you learn? what do you app like what's the application to what you just sat in church and, and learn so let's not just go to church let's actually let's not just say I read my bible great that you're reading your bible in a year where does it apply to you and this isn't in condemnation this is because friend this is what you're going to need to thrive this is what you're going to need to so that um, so that you can not only thrive but that, so that your story is not just for you, and and it's like we cannot be at the center of our story. Our story is for such a greater purpose. It's for such a greater. It's for such a greater um, legacy after us, and I believe that that's beautiful, and it's not only beautiful but it's hopeful, and that's what gives me rest. And that's what gives me peace. And that's what then I, I use as a weapon when that thought comes to say, well, Brittany, you didn't wash the dishes, patch your head, circle your belly, feed a kid, drive, work. Like when all of these jobs come into my mind, I literally like spears have to kind of put this shield of faith up and hit it. And like this other shield, boom, this other shield this other shield. Like I'm constantly at war with my thought life. And unless I'm doing that actively, I will drift and I will drift back into I'm not enough and I can't be enough. And it's just a lie from the enemy. It's a lie. So we have to call him out and we have to call out our thoughts so that we can thrive. I pray that this has been truly um, encouraging for you and and edifying for you um i want to pray and i'll see you here tomorrow god thank you so much for um the finished works that um really allows us to be enough thank you jesus for paying paying it all thank you for exchanging place with us god and in that that's where we're gonna rest being enough in jesus name amen